Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. I do want to honor each and every one of you mothers that are here today and the mothers that have gone, your mothers that have gone on to be with the Lord. This can be a painful, painful day for some people, but it can also be a time to celebrate and recalibrate our life. Because if you're a mom or not, we have the amazing opportunity to pour into and be a mother to somebody in their life or to be a mentor to somebody in in our life. And God has, has given us that ability to be able to speak into other people's lives as women. But again, I'm not here really to talk to just the women today. Um, sometimes, I don't know why I have such a hard time with that. I think that, uh, I don't know. Maybe y'all can figure it out. But anyway, um, but God has given me a message today. And this is the perfect series because I have a lot of people in my life that drive me crazy. And I really do. And it's probably one of the biggest problems that I have or that I struggle with in my life. So I'll share a little bit of that about that with you a little bit later. But first of all, getting to my dad. Um, I'm so excited for what God has done in my life. You know, Lisa was talking about how her mom went to the hospital last Sunday, um, the worship leader that was singing. Well, my dad also was in the hospital. I actually got back from there last Saturday, but he had a stroke and he's doing okay. He's still got a little bit of left-sided weakness. It did not affect his mouth at all. (laughs) Like at all. He talks incessantly. He can talk more than any person and faster than any person that I know on the planet. He didn't have a Southern accent like me because he talks way too fast to have a Southern accent. (laughs) But my dad, he, um, he drove me crazy while I was in Georgia. He, we, we were staying with him in the hospital, me and my brother. And then, um, he got to go home from the hospital. So I stayed with him for a few days after that to make sure he was all right. Cause he was a little bit wobbly and still, you know, dragging the left side just a little bit. And he drove me crazy. So I drove him around. If any of you rode, first of all, with the mail, <laughs> second of all, with your father, third of all, with a guy who's been in law enforcement all his life. That was my dad. He's uh, been in law enforcement all of his life. He just retired, like I think six years ago or so. Um, but he had a huge, huge impact on my life growing up as a child. And he still does now. But again, he drives me crazy. He, would, he had a parking spot for every place he had me drive him. And it was like he was trying his best not to tell me like that parking spot. But it, it was like he would guide me with his body like... You know, and then we would go to town and I live in a small town and he had a certain way. There's 25 ways to get to town, but he has a certain way that he goes to get to a certain place. And it was like every time he was trying not to say anything, it was like, but anyway, so getting to the point, my dad drove me crazy, but what it did for me being there is it helped to give me a message today to teach you. God gave me a message in that mess and in that craziness of life. And he brought something absolutely incredible out of it. He grew mine and my dad's relationship closer together during that time. And um, 
just to say a few things about my dad, because I said, and I don't think he's watching online because he went to church with my brother, but, um, so I can say whatever I want, but (laughs) he's not going to shoot me through the screen, put a red dot on me. But, um, (laughs) but my dad taught me so much in life. He taught me how to aim a gun. And most importantly, he taught me how to aim at life. He taught me how to hit life full on, flesh on, and to go for what I wanted to go for in life and to do what I was created to do in life. So he gave me that. He taught me independence. And I'm not talking in the girly kind of way where like, you know, um, he, he taught me to depend on men and the, and the strongness that the men you know, whatever you want to say about it, um, whatever men bring to the table. But he also taught me an independence that most people don't have an opportunity to know. And God wants us to be independent within ourself. And then secondly, dependent on him for everything that we need on God. And then third, dependent on the relationships and the people that are in our life. And so that's kind of what my dad taught me. I don't think some of it, most of it came from his law enforcement um, upbringing or whatever. It didn't necessarily come as much from the Bible because we didn't start going to church until I was around 12. We went when I was a little younger, didn't remember a thing about that, except for pictures of uh, Bible school. But as I grew up, I came to Christ when I was 12 years old and actually brought my whole family back to church during that time. So that was absolutely incredible. Yeah. But my dad is my Superman. He has been a strong, he's taught me so much in my life. And, but you know, all Supermans too, they have their kryptonite, right? And we have our kryptonite too. There's no perfect person in here. We all make mistakes. We all have failures. We all have room to grow and God wants to grow us. But just to let you know, my dad is okay. And that he's my Superman. I've got a little video of him that he sent Clay for his birthday. So here it is. Or maybe a picture first. I can't remember. There's a picture of him in the hospital. He's got his phone. See, I've told y'all he was talking. A little bit. All right, and here comes the video. And this is your favorite father-in-law. Uh, I forgot my name, but maybe I'll think about it later on, and I'll call you back. But I wanted to call you and, and think about it sometimes. I forgot what I called you about now, but I think it's... Oh, oh, it's your birthday. It's your birthday. I, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Clay. Happy birthday to you and many more. Happy birthday, Clay. Don't y'all love my dad already? <laughs> Look, I don't know who teaches y'all how to use what you call that thing? Snapchat, but look. It's a mess. I mean, if anything, I wish we could make a bunch of money on it. Something when y'all teach 70 year olds to use it, it's just hilarious. We get messages all the time, but just to drive the point home today, um, relationships can be messy. Relationships can be drive us crazy, but God wants to bring the good out of all of that. And he wants us to teach us to um, depend on him first, but also to, to line up with one another and to help each other. That's what we were created to do. And so, you know, in life, we're going to have, we're going to have struggles and we're going to have trials and we're going to have issues with, with people, um, and relationships, but 
those things are what makes us who we are. The struggles that we go through and the relationships that we have is what makes us who we are. And if you're anything like me, a lot of times with relationships, you find yourself frustrated or angry. I'm admitting my weakness, okay? Y'all, you know, don't support me or not. I don't know. But I have, I have trouble with frustration and then I get angry and, uh, you know, people disappoint me in life sometimes and relationships can be really, really tough. But you know what? I have to depend on God to, to work on that and to work it out because I know that he created relationships for goodness. He created relationships for greatness and to help build each other up and to spur each other on. For example, I have this um, sandpaper here and... God is kind of like, um, he's kind of in between the sandpaper and the statue here. We'll pull a piece of the statue off here. So this is a statue and it has intricate details that were carved in, in the top of it and intricate details that were carved in the side. And I'm sure the person who did this, because it's really, really smooth in certain places, they sanded it down. Well, that's what we do in our life in the context of relationships. We help sharpen one another to shine each other up so that we can be the masterpiece that God created us to be in this life. So it's not necessarily fun. I don't know if you've ever felt of sandpaper, but it will hurt you if you put it on your skin. But thank goodness, God doesn't do that. He, um, he works on us from, in, from the inside to out to help us to become everything that he's created us to be. And so I have a verse to kind of go with that about the sandpaper because relationships are really like that. But if we understand what God wants to do within the context of our difficult relationships, then we can move forward and we can make progress in our life. In Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says, so as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So I'm gonna let that sink in a little bit because you know, when you do iron together, when you rub iron together or when you rub sandpaper and the chafe starts coming off, that's what happens in our life. But you know what? It makes us stronger. It makes us better. When we deal with conflict, when we deal with struggles in relationships, we all come out better when we're able to do that. So one of the ways that God kind of put on my heart to be able to share this message, I'm, I'm kind of funny because I like to have either a saying or either um, like matching things when I, when I, when I teach and I don't know why, because sometimes they don't turn out so great. But so the first thing though, that we have to do, and I, I did it three R's just in case you're taking notes, you can go ahead and put your one to three R's on there. But, um, one of the first things that we have to do, if we're going to have successful relationships with other people is we have to release we have to release those relationships and understand that we can't change anybody. We, can't, we can only impact somebody's life and we can only influence people's life, but we cannot change people. God didn't create us to change people. He created, he is the only person that changes people. I figured that out 25 years ago when I married Clay. I don't know how long it's taken y'all, but I figured out that um, I couldn't change him and that he's my number one top relational challenge in the world. <laughs> but I love him and it makes us better. I mean, we work together in three or four different areas, but God um, 
sends each of us off every day so that our relationship can work and so that it can benefit us and others, the people that surround us. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, But we have to release people to God. We have to release the people and then we have to release them to God. The most important thing about release that God wants to teach us is that we have to pray for people. We need to pray. If we're having struggles within our relationships, then instead of getting frustrated like I do, um, what we should do is we should release those to God and we should start praying for those relationships. And when we do that, we not only need to pray for the other person, you know, like I did when, you know, a long time ago, I'm like, change him, Lord, fix him, Lord, kill him, Lord, whatever you got to do. But <laughs> in talking about clay, not my dad now, but, um, I just, you, you know, instead of that, what I, what I learned through through prayer and studying God's word is that God changed me, change me first, change me, change my perspective, change the way that I look at this person, change the way I see this situation, and help me, and not only help me, but Lord, please still help them too because they need it. <laughs> but I pray for that. But we do have to release, and when we do that, God will change us. And he will change the person that you're in a particular frustrating relationship with. We have to stop trying so hard. Sometimes we try so hard to get everything just right and to do things just right and make our relationships just right. But sometimes we just need to release and let God do something in the midst of our relationships. You know, this is what God says in his word in Luke 9, 23. It says, he said to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, a lot of times when we're releasing people, we have to give up our own way for just a minute. We have to give up our own way. We release that to God and then we let him do something magnificent in our life. Jesus dealt with the same thing on earth as we do now with his relationships. He had trouble getting through to his disciples and getting them to understand what he wanted them to accomplish in life, the mission that he'd given their life, the value he'd poured into their life and everything else. And he got frustrated too. And he had to go away on many occasions and pray. But, you know, he got frustrated. One of the things the disciples did, and I hope none of y'all are doing this right now, is when he would be, when he was teaching or when he was trying to get them to keep watch, they would be asleep. They asleep. Any of y'all sleep? Wake up! No, I'm not going to yell, but I'll try. You know, I have trouble with frustration and anger, so... <laughs> Anyway, but God, he struggled with the same thing that we struggle with. In John 14, 12, it says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to be with the Father. God had so much hope in relationships, even through his frustration and struggles. This is what he told the disciples before he went to the cross. He told them, you will do greater works than me. And that is very encouraging because sometimes we feel discouraged and we don't feel like we're gonna accomplish much or we're not gonna be able to do much. But God says, no, even though you have frustrating times in your life, I'm still gonna make something magnificent. I'm still gonna make something great out of your life if you'll just let me. to go. So go into all the world and teach other people what I have taught you. And that's what the disciples did. When we release people to, to God and in prayer, He will fulfill his promises. 
And the biggest impact that it'll have on our particular life is what will happen is we will find a uncomprehendable peace, direction, and focus for ourselves. So that's how it benefits us. When we, when we surrender, when we release people to God, it, God, God will bring a crazy kind of peace into our life. Instead of the crazy people, he'll bring a crazy, unimaginable peace and a focus in your life that'll help you get up and go through tomorrow and try again with whatever trouble that you're going through in your life. So we need to do that. The second thing that we need to do is we need to restore We need to allow God to restore us. So in order for God to restore us in our relationships, there's a certain two ingredients that we need in order for God to restore us. We need to have faith and we need to have hope. In Hebrews 11, 6, it says, it is impossible to please God without faith. When we have faith and we trust God, it... Things can open our eyes and God will open our eyes to the unimaginable. He'll open our eyes, our spiritual eyes to something that we have not seen before. He'll do miracles in our life if we will start to learn to look through eyes of faith and not just our physical eyes. So many of us get so frustrated by the things that we see, by the physical situations problems, whatever else that we see with our physical eyes. But God wants to restore all of that and he wants to open our spiritual eyes. Because what happens is when you put our, your physical eyes and your spiritual eyes on a scale, th- it, it, there's just no, it's just crazy how God balances everything out. That's what he wants to do. When we look through eyes of faith and we depend on his spirit to change us from inside out, then our physical eyes can start seeing what he wants us to see and he'll clear things up in our life. So that is, you know, without faith, it's very, very difficult for God to restore us. But it is through faith that we'll enter into a restoration process. And faith has no limitation. That's the best thing about it. It has no limitation. And all things are possible. You know, there's been impossible situations and circumstances in each and every one of our lives. We're walking through some of those right now. We're just on the other side of some of those right now. Or we can look back and see the impossible situations that we've had. But the Bible says in 2 Corinthians that we should walk by faith and not by sight. We have to understand that God is doing something in the background. He's doing something hindsight that we can't see right now. But if we have faith and trust him, then he's going he's gonna to bring a greatness out of whatever relationship or whatever situation that we are going through right now. We need to learn to keep things in perspective. Y'all know a lot about perspective. You know how like you, I don't know, I don't wear glasses, so I can't um, understand the whole thing about perspective when it comes to glasses. But all I know is when you, when you, when you take a step back and you allow God to start that restoration process in you, it helps you to get a new perspective on life and a new perspective on whatever struggle in a relationship that you have going on. So that's what I want for all of us. I want us to have a good perspective. I don't want us to look at every situation like it's a life or death problem. Everything is not life or death, right? Sometimes we treat it like it's life or death, but... Sometimes we just need to grin and bear it. 
Y'all know what I mean? You know, Cole told you up here. I can't remember what he said, but he said, I'm going to tell you like it was or whatever. But sometimes we need to grin and bear it. Life is not as difficult as we make it sometimes. And uh, um, I know I'm not like a drama person. Any of you ladies in here, drama for Mother's Day? Oh. Um, I'm, I've never been dramatic. I'm not a drama person. I think that's one of the reasons Clay likes me so much. I don't know, or loves me. <laughs> but I've, he's got more drama than I do. But <laughs> the only time I get dramatic is when I got to teach. I mean, I've been dramatic. I go, oh God, what am I doing? What is, what? Look, the whole world's falling around, around me and I got to go teach. God, give me a word. But anyway, um, God wants to restore us. And the only way that he can do that is if we change our perspective. In God's word in Romans twelve eighteen, it says, if it is possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Somebody's medication alarm's going off. We need to learn to have hope. (laughs) I hear snorting over here. (laughs) I'm glad somebody's laughing. Um, we We need to learn to have hope in the midst of our circumstances because God wants to turn some of our most difficult moments into miracles if we'll just trust him and allow him to to help us but you know sometimes we have to we have to realize that we're going to have to lose the battle in order to win the war and that's what a lot of us don't understand in life sometimes that sometimes we got to lose a few things and lose the battle and i saw you sherry you just nudged your husband <laughs> it's like yeah see <laughs> You got to lose this one. No, but sometimes we do. I mean, we, we take things so, we take things so personally sometimes. And sometimes we just need to let go and just let God work on that restoration process on the inside of us so that it can, it can help the outside of us. But it says, if it's all possible, it depends on you live peaceably with all men. So that means we got to try, we got to try to have peace in the midst of conflict and in the midst of relationships. When we go through things in life, we come out better on the other side. When we go through things in life, we come out better on the other side. Even like with my dad, it was terrible. He had a stroke. I was worried about it. He went into heart block and all kinds of stuff. And I'm a nurse and I'm sitting there watching the monitor and they ain't doing nothing. And I'm like, what the world? I'm frustrated. And I mean, the only thing I could do is pray. I mean, they weren't going to give me the medicine since I wasn't licensed there in Georgia anymore. But... Um, you know, sometimes we just have to pray about it. And what God's going to do is he is going to make something amazing about it. Again, I had such a wonderful time with my dad. It grew our relationship so much, even though it was a terrible and questionable time that he was going through in, you know, in his life. Psalms one nineteen seventy one says, my suffering was good for me for it taught me to pay attention to your decrees. That means it teaches us to pay attention to God's word. When we allow things in our life, and and all of you know this, the most time that we go to God is when something is wrong instead of when something is right. We go to God. And so it's not that God causes suffering in our life or he causes relationship struggles or anything like that. But what he promises is that he's, he promises that he's going to bring good out of it. And what we always do is we always run to him in the midst of conflict and in the midst of trouble. And 
so what it says is that it, suffering is good for us because it helps us to pay attention to his word and his law and his decrees so that we can live the abundant life that he's created us to live and so that we can walk in his ways instead of our own ways. The third point I want to make today um, and, that, and the thing that God wants to do in your life is he wants to revive our lives he wants to revive us. Jesus didn't die for us to survive and to flail around with the, with the messed up relationships in our life. He wanted us to be revived, to be revived by him, to allow him to, um, to bring greatness out of us as he sands the rough pieces of our life off. And as he restores the relationships that we have, he's going to revive our lives and make something miraculous out of them. In Psalms 32, 8, it says, I will guide you along the best pathway uh, for your life. I will advise you and I will watch over you. You know, again, I told you I have a little frustration problem. My anger problem has gotten better, so I'm happy to report that. I don't, I mean, I fuss, but I don't yell quite as much as I used to. Um, but I do get frustrated. And what God has taught me and what he is teaching me, and I want to teach you today, because again, we all have our kryptonite. We all have our struggles. But what God wants to teach us is that he wants to turn our frustrations and situations into something else. And so with me, when I turn to him and I allow him to revive something that has something that's dying inside of me or something that I'm allowing to take over my life what he does is it it's absolutely incredible when I bring it to him and I pray and I ask him for his input in the situations and in my frustrations he gives me this unimaginable compassion and compassion for people compassion for circumstances you know We've got tons of staff here, and then we also have a conference center in Barefoot Resort that our church runs, for those of you who don't know. And um, I've been over there lately running, helping to run that particular facility because it's part of the mission and vision of this church is... is um, marketplace ministry. So we're supposed to meet people where they are and show them the love and kindness of God. And so it is within that venue. Well, because... I didn't actually ask for it, nor did I ever imagine I would be over there helping to run the conference center. But I'm telling you, it has been one of the best places for me. Now I'm tired and you know, we've been really, really busy over there, which is a good thing because everything that we do there gets pushed back into, to, to building ministry and, and different things here at in, in the within the local church and also in our community. And so I'm thankful for it, but I would have never picked that. And sometimes God uses unlikely situations in order to, um, in order to, to teach us the next thing that we need to do. But I've been frustrated because, you know, we've all been in a learning curve over there trying to figure out how to bring the vision back to life and to allow God to revive it over there. And so I actually went to um, our staff meeting. We had a staff meeting on Tuesday. And sometimes they never know what I'm going to act like, you know, when I come in. You know how like when you walk in the room and you're going to lead the meeting or you're going to have to talk about something with somebody, you have the power to change the whole tone of the room. Y'all know what I'm talking about? All right, good. I need some agreement. <laughs> So anyway, I had already prayed and God had already given me the compassion to deal with my frustration before I got to the meeting. Thank God. 
And so, but still, I like to pick on them because I like to watch how they react to me. I don't know why, but it's funny, isn't it, Bill? (laughs) So I walked in and I said, okay, this was Tuesday now because I didn't have a message yet. Except for I knew where I had been with my dad, but I didn't know anything about it. Anyway, I walked in and I said, we're going to talk about this first. And they all looked at me like, oh, crap. (laughs) Here she goes. She's going to be mad. She's frustrated. Um, But I I said, look, we're going to figure out how to write a message. Because I'm supposed to teach this weekend and y'all got to help me. And so I asked them the question. I said, let me see what I told them. I said, what do y'all do? That drives me crazy. That was my question. And so, they spoke up really quick. (laughs) So, here are a couple of things they said. We're not fast enough for you. We can't get wheels on every single table and prop that you want for your decorations. Money is not falling on your HoneyBook app this app on my phone, fast enough. When we get money from the conference center, the thing goes ching on my app. So if it's not falling fast enough and we're not you know, bringing in um, events to be able to pour back into our community, then I get a little upset. I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah, I do. And then the, the biggest thing they said is the floors are never clean enough for you. So they kept going on and on. They kept on. I mean, it'd take up all my pages if I were to tell you what all they said. Um, but I was like, crud, well, it sounds like y'all need to do the message this weekend. Cause it sounds like y'all got a bigger problem than I do, <laughs> even if it's me. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say about that is even though we have had to learn this together and we're trying to, to allow God and help God to revive the vision of whatever area of our life and what we're going through, he has brought us together in relationship and he has drawn us closer And now, you know, I like wheels on everything because wheels help you roll. I like to roll. I tried some of those Heelys one time at the conference center because we walk a lot. (laughs) I think I'm a little, gotten a little too old for that. I need to give those back to you, Brianna. (laughs) They didn't work for me. I think I need to go back to the four-wheeled roller skates. But, (laughs) But anyway, what we're learning is we're learning to roll together. We're learning to make progress together. We're learning to, learning to refocus on the vision and the position and the task that God has created us for in that particular moment, whether or not we wanted to be there or not. And God wants to do the same thing in you. He wants to revive you. He wants to work on your character. He wants to work on your heart. He wants to work on your nervousness about whatever situation that you're going through. He wants to work on your motives. You know, we all got motives, right? He wants to work on your motives and what you're doing and why you're doing it. He wants to work on your wisdom. He wants to deposit wisdom on the inside of you so that it overflows on the outside of you and you be a positive change to everybody that you come in contact with in your life. That's what he wants to do. He is working on you and he is sanding off every single rough edge that needs to be sanded off in your life so that you can accomplish great things with your life and so that you can become exactly what he's created you to be. He has designed each and every one of us specifically 
to accomplish so many things with our life. And sometimes we get bogged down in relational baggage, circumstantial baggage, and all of this baggage when God says, look, just give it back to me. Just, just release it. Let me, let me do something. Let me revive something that's going on. You know, um, sometimes we are the statue in life and sometimes we are the sandpaper in life. So I don't know which one, you know, I think whoever said back there, the person that was sitting next to him was rough. Um, I think they're probably the sandpaper, but, but God wants to sand down the edges on us and he wants to make our relationships work together to be incredible and to create something wonderful in each of our lives because he wants us to, to, to love. I mean, he created us to love. Without loving or being loved, you wouldn't be who you are today. Without submitting yourself to certain relationships in your life, you wouldn't be who you are today. I know, again, without my dad, I would not be who I am today without my relationship with him. And I am so thankful for that because he's given me so much in life. And some of us think that um, that difficult people and experiences is just our birthright, that that's our inheritance in life. And I'm here to tell you today that, that is not your inheritance. The inheritance that God wants to give you is love. He wants to deposit something on the inside of you so that it can well up and spring forth and create a genuineness in you and a positivity in you and a purpose in you that is greater than yourself. And it's greater than anything that anybody can see around you. So without that love, we are in a, we're in a tough spot. It's something as we walk through difficult relationships that we have to understand sometimes that we have to survive. Have any of you been in survival mode before? Some relationships, you just have to survive. But the intention behind that survival is because we have a different kind of inheritance. We have the inheritance of love. If you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, then he is creating a masterpiece within you. He is creating something profound and great on the inside of each and every one of you. And he wants to do magnificent and great and mighty things through you, just like he did with the disciples. He wants us to keep passing it on. But again, if you have never accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, you probably aren't understanding a lot about what I'm talking about today. Because without him, our relationships can't work. He is the number one priority relationship that you can have in your life. He is who changed my life. He is the only thing and the only one that helps me to be able to get up every day to step forward in difficult relationships and difficult circumstances. And so I can't do without him. I don't know about you, but I have too much stuff going on, you know, in this skin that I'm in to not have that dependence on him and to not have that relationship with him first. Because what happens if you have that relationship with him, he'll even out all the rough edges of the rest of your relationships. When you go to him, he's gonna work on all of that. So what I want us to remember today is if we could just release our relationships to God, we let him restore things that have been lost 
are things that he wants us to have. And he wants to revive the dead places or the dead relationships or the dead purpose or the dead vision in each and every one of our lives. He wants to do that for us. And so I want to pray for us so that we can, we can learn to depend on him. So let me pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in each life, God, that's represented here today and in each relationship that you've given us, God. We are so blessed. We are mostly blessed, God, when we are in relationship with you and when we depend on you for what we need in our life, God. God, I know in the deepest depths part of me, God, that a relationship on this earth can never fulfill the relationship that I have with you. And so God, I put my hope, I put my trust, and I put my faith in you, God. And I pray these people here today, God, they do the same thing. First, God, if they don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, that in the quietness of their heart, God, that they would say, I receive you, I believe you, I have faith that you can help my life, you can help the misses in my life, God. And I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Dear God, I thank you again for the relationships that you reveal purpose in, God. And I pray that we would stand and we would walk in that every single day of our life, God. And I pray that if there's someone here that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, God, at this moment, God, they would make a decision to follow you and then they would go and ask someone that's in the lobby in the foyer, God, how do I get that foundational relationship in my life? And I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you were encouraged, motivated, and inspired today by the message. And again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there. But go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.